Hi, welcome to HR Nightmares. This is the YouTube channel slash podcast where HR experts get together and talk about all the stuff that we would have put in that salacious book that we're never going to write. And we'd prefer to just get on this podcast and yap it up. So uh, I'm Lisa Leith. I'm Amy Conway. And we have special guest Madison Bradburn with us. Hello. Madison. Yes. Well, I'm so excited that Madison's here. I've known Madison for a couple of years now, and she is a professional talent acquisition specialist and has been working in HR for many years. And so we're really excited to kind of dive into all the HR nightmares that people are having with recruiting these days. There's just, I mean, that's where we spend yeah. a good majority of our time right now with clients. Um, everybody's having issues finding people. Wow, wow, wow. We hear it all the time. But also, I mean, there's some HR nightmares on the candidate front, people being no-shows, um, people putting their current work emails on resumes, um, all kinds of fun, good stuff that we can just like dole out some tips and tricks today. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to talking to Madison. Yeah, it's a good topic to have you here for. So, <laughs> so Madison Bradburn is originally, I love the town that you are from. Um, <laughs> it's in the middle of Iowa, maybe not the middle, but it's called Okaboji. Okaboji, yeah. Did I do it right? Yes. Okay. North, <laughs> Northwest corner, Minnesota, South Dakota. That's where I get my accent from. Everybody always makes fun of me for it. I don't feel like you have an accent. <laughs> People say I say bag weird, certain words. Bag. Yeah. Bag. I say bag. I don't know. I'll be paying Northern. attention to that now. Northern Let's try to get her to say bag like several times. Yeah. During Northerner. This yeah. That's me. <laughs> so tell us about you. Tell us about your professional career and who you are as a person. I feel so official. Like, you even asked me this question. I just feel like I'm very, I feel like I've made it. You know, I feel like I've arrived <laughs> because you're on the HR Nightmares podcast. Yes. yes. You've so arrived. Like, yeah, I have welcome. arrived. Um, so like you said, I grew up in Iowa. I moved to Wilmington about seven years ago. Love it out here. Um, I graduated college. I have a degree in psychology, actually. You need that to be in HR. <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I thought at one point I wanted to be a counselor and like do therapy. And then I like, took a class doing that. And I was like, hell no, I can't do mm -mm. that. That's not for me. Um, but I was like, what do I want to do? I really love working with people. I love talking with people. And then I just kind of fell into recruiting at first. And then I got into some other gigs and it led me right back into recruiting. So here I am today, years, years later. Um, I love, love, love the people aspect. And I don't think recruiters really realize that you, you do for real change lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had people that I've extended offers to that are like, you found me and I wasn't looking for anything and I've taken this opportunity now and it has been the best decision I've made. And it's kind of a cool, rewarding thing to be a part of that process, right? So, um, yeah. How many lives have you changed? God, I don't even know. <laughs> Countless. <laughs> I feel so special. Do you know what, though? Um, you said something that, you know, for anybody who's thinking about getting to into a career in HR and maybe doesn't have, um, you know, didn't have the fortune of what Amy and I did, kind of like growing up through the ranks with a company for many, many years and kind of getting that progressive experience. Um, if you are a great conversationalist and you are a smart person with a level of business acumen, um, where you can kind of pick up on the nuances of different jobs and what the business is all about and kind of be a great salesperson for the company too. Recruiting can be a good job. Now it gets increasingly hard 
the um, like when you start working on senior level positions and very technical positions, that's definitely not for everybody. But why don't you tell us a little bit about like what a day in the life of Madison is like? What kind of jobs are you recruiting for and which kind of your <clears throat> what's your angle when you go after different candidates? So that's a great question. I think I've done it all up to this point. Um, I used to be an agency recruiter, which means that I didn't get paid unless I actually filled a spot. And now I'm in corporate recruiting, which means that the the candidate or not the candidates, but the jobs are given to me, and then I find the candidates, and it's I get paid no matter what, right? Um, and each... you have a new child, so that's. Yeah. pretty important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the agency recruiting and balancing a child was very, very difficult. I will say it's a lot of grind. It's a lot of selling. It's, you know, getting up every day, making copious amounts of phone calls mm -hmm. and talking with all sorts of different kinds of people. Some really great and some just ah, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say the day in the life, I mean, I, I wake up, I check my requisitions, I see what what new jobs have come in, what ones are, are aging now, at that, you know, mm -hmm. and um, then I just start talking to candidates um, against whatever job I have open. Um, the sourcing part is where it gets very interesting. Um, I, I wouldn't call myself a subject matter expert regarding the jobs that I actually fill. I think I'm more of a generalist when it comes to that. I know enough to be dangerous. To, to talk to people about the roles, but I don't necessarily live a day in the life of those people that fill those mm -hmm. roles, right? So my conversations really are centered around, does this person have the personality to fit in with the culture of the company? Do they, you know, check the big boxes of, hey, do they have X amount of years of experience? Do they, um, uh, can they answer these few questions that I have ready to go for them? If they pass those things, then I send those over to our hiring manager and have a conversation about their resume, about how they've kind of interacted with me and if they'd like to go ahead and set up an interview. So, mm -hmm. and then I take it from there too. After the interview process is completed, um, you know, we move them forward to the offer and that's a whole nother bucket of fun, right? So that's going through, you know, what what expectations does the candidate have that, um, you know, we possibly need to meet and, um, you know, vice versa. So it's, it's a fun, it's a fun process. I'm curious though, for those that might be listening that are on the job search or thinking about looking for a different career, different job within the same industry, you see dozens and dozens of resumes every week. Give us a couple of things that you see that candidates need to change in order to get seen <laughs> yeah. by you. Yeah. Right? Or is I automatically trash yeah. a resume. Why? Yeah. And like we do some recruiting things too. And, you know, <clears throat> it's newer to me. That's obviously was not my main role in my former HR life. Um, and as I'm doing these, I'm shocked at some of the resumes. I mean, yeah, <laughs> people are, I got a nine page resume the other day. I mean, they did Un Unbelievable. They're pretty important. <laughs> They've got a lot to tell you, apparently. You know, I think one thing, uh, and I've heard this since I was fresh out of college, is that re uh, your resume really doesn't get read. And I never thought that to be true until yeah. I am in this seat now. I will take a look right. at, your, at your headers, and I'll look at the times that you've been in that role. Red flags for me are if you have been in your role for less than six months and you continually are doing that throughout your entire mm -hmm, career. Mm -hmm. That's a huge red flag. Um, another red flag is if you have, have like a billion different 
jobs yeah. underneath. You know, I think the there's a really good rule. Don't post more than maybe five to ten years of experience right. on your resume because I'm not going back further than that. You yeah. know, if you have the title and some of the, the characteristics, you know, that are maybe in our job description listed in your resume, I'm going to go ahead and have a conversation with mm-hmm. you at mm-hmm. least to figure out if you are a potential match. But if you don't have some of those things, probably not going to look yeah. at you. Yeah, and I've been looking at a lot of very senior level C-suite resumes lately. And yeah, you don't need to put 20, 25 years worth of job experience. That's Mm -hmm. when you get into the five, six, seven pages. Yeah, I'm like, And I would assume you can use Microsoft Word at this point in your career. So like, leave it off. So just take it off. Not necessary. Another thing too... I've noticed when you're when people apply into, especially at a big corporation, when people are applying into a particular job posting, some people aren't even including their resume. Mm-hmm. Include that. That is so important. That is your number one thing that is going to market you. Like they're not you even attaching this... it no. to the job. Uh, they're applying but not attaching. Yeah. And can I can I tell one of my gripes? Like I really hate these objectives at the top of resumes. I, I don't want to hear that you are an enthusiastic, right. overachieving, fast-paced, you know, stop. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't you know, care. like I, I don't know what I was listening to or reading recently, but that was a recommendation of kind of the modern resume of getting rid of that objective. And if you do have something, it's more just a one sentence, who you are, what you're like, what role you're in. It, it's like a one sentence kind of just introduction to you. Yeah, it's not. Nice. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, that's great, but I'm going to get that out of a conversation. Right. You know, I, you don't need to tell me you're outgoing or that you're personable or whatever. I'll I'll figure that out when I talk with you. One thing um, I do kind of like, though, is if people um, are a little bit creative in, like, in their header. They use kind of first-person sentence that explains – it's like a – baby bio at the top mm-hmm. um you know hey i've been in hr for 15 yes. years i'm a max my uh, strengths finders is i'm a maximizer yes. i'm a d on the disc wheel like tell me a little bit something that wouldn't normally show up on your resume that kind of gives me a more well-rounded picture right. of who you might be as a professional right. versus just a bunch of buzzwords yes. that all mean i'm a strategic highly yeah. dynamic yeah. i'm <laughs> so strategic yeah and if you if you are strategic and if you are dynamic Put those in some of, like, your deliverables, right? Put those in a bullet point below some of your achievements, like, that you've had throughout your tenure in X business or whatever. Um, That's way more valuable, I think, than, to your point, Lisa, including it in, like, (laughs) like, bubbly, like, I'm going to wrap myself up in a little bow type of a statement at the top. Mm. Um, You mentioned screening for culture. So Mm -hmm. talk to us. I mean, our clients, the, the great part about our clients, our clients love culture and they love talking about culture and that's why they're growing so fast most of them Mm -hmm. um, is from the leadership down they truly believe whatever their culture is they've articulated it and they can talk about it succinctly in an interview process and that starts with the very first time that a recruiter reaches out um, and that starts the candidate experience right Mm -hmm. so how do you screen for culture in that very first conversation like what are some great questions that listeners out there could ask to make sure that people aren't brilliant jerks walking into their organization? Yeah. Um, you know, one thing, and I don't really have, I don't have like a 
a box full of magic questions that I ask people. It's I just go off of feel, truthfully. I know that's probably not the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, a corporate HR risk yeah. Yeah. like nightmare. <laughs> But I, I, I truly, I truly do just have conversations. And um, if if a question pops into my mind, I certainly ask it. Um, but more or less, how you conduct yourself through a conversation, mm-hmm. you know, do you, are you interrupting me all the time? Are you? <laughs> I love that one. Uh huh. Are you? Um, when you talk about some of your past experiences, do I feel this like heavy shadow following it? Are you attributing some of your downfalls to? maybe other people, you know, playing into you, or are you just saying, hey, it is what it is, you know, and this is what happened. Like, are you speaking poorly about your last employer? Mm-hmm. There are a yeah. lot of things that come up just in conversation if you allow people the time to speak and to just, I mean, it's like a river. People love to talk about themselves, and sometimes they talk themselves into a little bit of a hole, and that's fine um, because that tells me exactly, you know, yeah. who you are and um, maybe what you we don't want you to bring to our organization you know what I mean um so that's kind of how I handle the culture fit is I just let people talk um which may or may not be the key (laughs) yeah and I suppose what you know I I think about it's so hard in an interview because the the candidate is supposed to be talking about themselves they're supposed to be telling us things about themselves but there is a fine line of the way in which they do it that Mm -hmm. kind of shows do they leave space for other people to mm-hmm. also contribute? I had a candidate, you know, recently, and I don't know that I said much of anything in 30 minutes, mm-hmm. right? And I almost had to interject and kind of continually cut them off so that I could get them to move to a different right. subject. So I think it's just, it <laughs> helps you a lot. Hire them? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, not yet, but no. Um but, yeah, I think that if you leave them that space, they kind of show you a lot of their skills and competencies just in that ability for even them to listen or ask you questions right. or engage in different ways. Yeah. I will say for leadership roles, so if it's like a higher level role that's going to have an impact on a, a greater level, right, you know, having a direct team of individuals that they're having report up to them, I will say asking questions about their management style and or you know, how have you led through change, I think are super important because inevitably this person will have to do some of those things, you know. Um, and if they're able to give good examples, that's always a telltale sign that, okay, great, you do, you have done this before and you do kind of know what you're, t- what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Um, and also just the way that they answer the question to through that conversation. How yeah. are they presenting that information? Is it a we or is it an I? Mm-hmm. You know, how are they how are they coming back with that info? I think is super important yeah. and valuable for those particular levels of the roles, I think. Yeah. I'm really curious for all of those of our listeners who are the hiring managers and may work with recruiters or maybe have internal recruiters like you and their company. What are the ways that you find the what's the best way to partner with your recruiter if you were the hiring manager how can you utilize someone like you the best yeah um I think building a relationship is key all the way around I think hiring managers with their recruiters recruiters with the candidates candidates with the hiring managers it's like a nice little triangle of success Mm -hmm. I think that if you have nothing else other than just like factual information People can't pick up on the subtle nuances of, A, what it's like to work on your team, B, what it's like to work for that company, and why. Why should I come over, you know, can, to a candidate's perspective 
or even just a hiring manager and a recruiter. Oftentimes, recruiters are working multiple different roles across different business units and or, you know, different functions within the like one smaller organization doesn't matter. But there's just a plethora of different roles that they're probably working up against. And I think having a relationship with a hiring manager to be able to pick up, like I said, on those subtle nuances mm-hmm. to understand what's it like working on your team? What's it like working in this role? And tell me more about yourself. Tell me about tell me about everything. I want to know everything. I'm like a little sponge. So <laughs> when I start working a new role. That's good. That's a good recruiter. Um, because you you can't effectively sell this role to a candidate if you don't have that perspective, right? Um, so that's, I think, the yeah. number one thing that's the most important, working with a recruiter, recruiters with candidates, and candidates with their hiring managers. Yeah, too. it's hard. It's hard when you're recruiting, too, because you are trying to maintain the integrity of the candidate experience. You're trying to work for the business and meet the needs of the hiring managers mm-hmm. and whatever we've got. And usually they're two different timelines, and you've got to kind of be that person oh, to yeah. both sides. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's a cha- it can be a challenging role. Mm-hmm. Hiring managers have a responsibility to aid in your success, though. And I think a lot of times we, as HR folks or talent acquisition professionals, need to remind hiring managers with some frequency on what our expectations are in return to them. And so it's things like, hey, put that little purple hiring, hashtag hiring around your face Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. It's share all of my job postings and don't just share them and say, join my team. It's great. Right. Say something about the role. Say something in your own Mm -hmm. words that would make me want to work for you. Right. Um, Any other examples of like how hiring managers might be able to help the process? I mean, their goal is to get uh, the right person in the right seat quickly. Right. How do we do that? I can't do it on my own. I need your help. Any other suggestions for hiring managers to help you? Getting involved with your local community is huge, Mm -hmm. huge, especially if you have a university locally. Go talk to some of the students there. I Mm -hmm. mean, I know maybe some of the roles that you're recruiting against aren't going to be entry level, which is fine, but these kids are going to grow up, right? You're going to have people that are entering the workforce and that a year or two down the road might want to come work for your company. Right. It's not necessarily about the openings that you have now either. It's about the openings that you could see down the road. Recruiting is a revolving door. <laughs> right. You're never, ever, ever going to stop recruiting if you're a leader or have an organization. You're never – that's never going to be – like, you're never going to be at the end of the road. Right, right. It's like we don't, closing. We don't right. only recruit when we have open jobs. We yeah. recruit right. every single day of the right. year for our company. Yeah. And that's, I think, something that hiring managers um, sometimes lose, lose sight of, right, that – uh, oh, I've filled a role, moving on, time to train. I know it's a lot of work. I know that recruiting isn't the like at the you know front of everybody's mind all of the time. And it shouldn't have to be at all the time, but I think certainly, you know, taking you know your foot completely off the gas is a mistake. Mm-hmm. I think that having, you know, active conversations with your chamber, active conversations with kids, you know, in the universities, um, networking as much as possible, getting out to different events. You know, telling people why, you know, your organization is the best and because you all, I hope, believe that, right, that you do work for the best organization and the, you know, whatever you do. Um, and so just, like I said, touting, tooting your own horn yeah. with other individuals, you, you know, make it sexy. <laughs> Make it, make, make it, it, it sexy. Make recruiting is sexy. Out of these purple curtains behind us now. So 
I'm failing you. But yeah, I think it's true. You know, I mean, I worked for a company for many years where, you know, as a leader, when I asked my managers, why aren't you staffed? You know, why don't you have enough people to service the customer? They'd be like, well, HR didn't give me any candidates and blah, blah. And that's what they would say to me. And I'm like, that's not HR's role. You know, they're here. They're going to phone screen. They're going to onboard. They're going to help you with this process. But what did you do this week to provide candidates? So it's like, yeah, everyone's got to be in it and always looking for potential talent in a very unselfish way. So maybe you don't have an opening on your team, but this is someone great for the organization. So it's very much like put your org hat on and I'm sure we have a job for a great person. And also, Mm -hmm. you know, internally having having sort of a plan, right? Like don't just find these people and then leave them, you know, lay and be like, oh, I'd love to have a conversation with you and then leave it at that, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Internally, you should have some sort of plan to what you're going to do with those people. Um, I know having like an Excel spreadsheet of individuals that you've been contacted with, like contact with that have their email addresses, their phone numbers, the date of last contact, you know, what they might be a good fit for and sharing that information along with your, you know, your leaders, your peers, whoever in the organization and having a, you know, bi-monthly, quarterly call even just to say, what do we got? What do we got in the pipeline, folks? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, How can we utilize this talent? Because there is talent out there and it's always too late once you have your job posting. Yeah. You know, because they could have already had an offer or they could have had something else on the table. But if you're courting them, if you're having relationships built before you're posting, they're more likely to come over yeah. than you do. So you made a good point. You just said something in there on timeline. Like, do you have good parameters and advice out there for both candidates and employers on what right now kind of the average timeline? I mean, we're in this phase right now where there's 10 million open Circus. jobs in the oh, U.S. Yeah. Everyone's resigning. 40% of people or 60% of people are either unhappy or they're looking for another job. So right now it's like an employee market, not an employer oh, market. Gosh, yes. So how do you try to manage that? Because sometimes <sighs> that process moves too slow, sometimes too fast. Like it's so hard. Let me just tell you today, you know, it is like we're referring it to the war on talent mm-hmm. because that's exactly what it is. It is a war zone out there. If you're talking with a qualified candidate, it is likely they're talking with two or three other right. companies and could potentially have an offer on the table tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So if you found somebody, right, that you've interviewed and they're good and they, they're checking your boxes, they might not have, like, blown you away, but they're good, <laughs> right? <laughs> they may not be the, like, A-minus. unicorn, like, you know, it's going to transform your company, which seems but to be what we're looking for all the time. All the time. Yes, all the time. <laughs> the purple squirrel, the unicorn horn right, and all right. that. Right, uh-huh. right, yeah. Um, <laughs> but if they're good, I mean, you, I think it's a com- it's conversation. It ba- it's back to that relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what is the candidate's expectation? You should be asking the question, who, are, who else are you interviewing? Do you have any other offers? What's your timeline? Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? Because it does. It varies yeah. so much between candidate and candidate. There's no, like, blanket statement. But I will say that if you're letting something linger for 30 days, oh, they're gone. Right. 1,000%. Yeah. They're gone. I can say I that like with a certainty. week is even a little yes. bit if you have, tight. If you have gone through the interview process— and you're you're done, right? You should have an you should have a decision to that candidate within 48 hours, right? Should does that always happen? No, I understand that we can't. If you have like five candidates in your your final candidate pool, I understand there's sometimes scheduling issues, you know, to get that second round interview mm-hmm. wrapped up and whatnot. 
but having the conversation with the candidate to let them know and set expectations as to what the timeline looks like, giving them feedback, you know, real time as much as possible. Yeah. I think that's all that anybody can ever hope yeah. for. And I think as long as the expectation is set with your candidates, then I think, you know, they're more willing to listen and maybe hang tight. Yeah. But if you're not giving feedback and you're waiting, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's just not touching not, base. Yeah, it's really it's it's really hard. I totally understand as a recruiter. I'm like, I wish I had a decision for you. I do not. Yes. Let me get an update. Yep. But keeping I, I was like, hard sometimes. yeah, it's like keeping them active in the process. I've had that conversation with clients of ours many times. Like. Mm-hmm. We either need to schedule a second interview and keep them active, mm-hmm. or we need to just decline them. Right? Because Let if them you don't know. want to schedule a second interview, obviously have a great amount of like hesitation, and it's almost like the same as dating, right? They're just keeping them in the pool, <laughs> yeah, in case they become <laughs> single again, right? I always think about. I don't want to like be alone on Friday. I'm like, yeah, except <laughs> breadcrumbing me, oh <laughs> breadcrumbing me. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, the same thing goes. So when you have. When you're ready to make an offer to a candidate, right, um, and you make that offer, and the can the candidate's like, "Oh, give me, give me the, give me a week," you're mm-hmm. like, eee, "You're yikes. floundering. You're floundering, right? Yeah. They're they're floundering for a reason. They probably have another offer on the table. They're We're not waiting fully on the offer they really want. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yep. Same thing goes for a hiring manager. Yeah. If you're floundering and you can't make a decision, it's probably a no. Yeah. Right. It's yes or no. And so let's just go ahead and cut that cord. Or let's pipeline them. Let's just say, hey, listen, you interviewed really well. I don't think you're a perfect fit for this role, but I'd love to keep in conversations with you for maybe some other openings that we've got. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And right. then put them on that response. little spreadsheet that you've got yeah. in your pocket or your whatever folder on your computer. But and then they appreciate the fact that yes. you at least had the wherewithal to be thinking about them for another role. Right. That they wouldn't be happy in that role. They could. Everyone wants to be successful, especially right. when they leave a stable job to go to a new job and work with a whole new team. Like, I love that you tell them that. And mm-hmm. I, I have found when I tell candidates that they are typically very thankful mm-hmm. and become text buddies or mm-hmm. like reach out two, three, four weeks later and say, hey, just touch a base. Got anything for me in yeah. the Raleigh area yeah. or Jacksonville or whatever. So um, I wanted to go back to something that you said about the war on talent. Um I feel like, especially because we work with a lot of small and mid-sized clients at Leith HR, um, I feel like the war on talent could be if you got your employer branding articulation really, really in the right spot as a smaller mid-sized company. I feel like the war on talent could be good for small and mid-sized businesses because they are not so these giant conglomerations <laughs> of Fortune 500 companies that it takes an act of Congress to, you know, get a new policy through or. Um, if we want to have flexible work arrangements forever and ever, amen, like we got to have the employment attorney and the entire HR function, you know, wherever in Seattle or like yeah. Yeah. wherever, lots of red tape, New York City, <laughs> there's so much red tape. And so um, the ability to make decisions quickly, uh, flex to what the employees really want and desire to make it a great place to work, uh, having a relationship with the senior leader of the company, like a like an actual personal first name, mm-hmm. get to know you kind of relationship. Those are all things that people are vying for right now mm-hmm. is just to be treated human mm-hmm. at their place of work. And so I think there might be an opportunity for small and mid-sized businesses that are listening to be thinking about why 
can we win this war on mm-hmm. talent compared to the big guys where I think about just like the large employers in our town, the Verizons or GEs or um, other companies that used to be the go-to employers. And now they really have to, they're struggling because they are more rigid in the way that they treat employees where Mm -hmm. some of the small and mid-sized groups have gotten kind of with 2022. Yeah, yeah. Well, even rigid, I mean, I think I can think of examples just recently, like even rigid and just pay, you know, I, yeah. I think of like things we do as Leith HR group with our smaller and mid-sized businesses that we, you know, if someone comes to us or, you know, we're in that business and they're like, Hey, I got another offer for 10 grand more. Like we can work with that person versus the corporation I mm. yeah. was employed at. Like we were yeah. like, we wish you the best of luck. Yeah. We wish we could do that. But if we did that, then we'd have to do it for the 500 for other the, people yeah. in yeah. that job title. And we can't do that. So I, I do agree with you, Lisa. I think there's small and mid-sized businesses can actually speak to that a little bit more in their employment branding than they really do. Yeah. The yeah. agility, I think, is, mm-hmm. is very nice because <laughs> it can be an act of Congress sometimes yeah. in a larger corporation yeah. to, to even do the smallest things. So. so you do a giant lift in outreach, sourcing, finding the talent, giving them a great experience, getting the offer negotiated. Okay, now, boom, they're starting. Talk to us about any kind of situations that you've had where the hiring manager maybe wasn't ready for the person. How did that go? I hate those situations. I know, they're HR like, nightmares. You know, yes, <laughs> yes. You know, we, we we package these people up and they're, you know, they're ready and they're excited and they're happy and they've made this decision and we brought them to the finish line and it's like they're greeted and like the driest of deserts and there's no water and there's nothing. <laughs> like that... Is like the most, oh, it just like really makes me mad when that happens. Um, also, you know, you're going to be recruiting again in about 30 days for that 100%. job. 100%. <laughs> and, um, and and then at that point, you know, you feel like everything that you've told this candidate has been a lie. Right. And that doesn't feel good because no. I, you know, I think I was talking to yeah. Amy earlier. You know, you are a person that takes ownership with things. And yes. I am the exact same way. I am like, this was my fault. Right. Like, yeah. I should have taken it all on. I feel terrible. Yeah. Right. Um, having a uh, really well put together onboarding program, not even from just like, hey, let's get your desk ready. Right. That's like. That's small fish in comparison. Yeah. However, <laughs> but like some having, people don't have the computers ready or the sign-ins right. or the having, Wi-Fi password. Lo- like, yeah, Having all of that set up, having a plan, mm-hmm. have a checklist. Yes. For the love of God, please have a checklist of things that you need to have prepared prior to that person's first day of, mm-hmm. of work. Because nothing says <laughs> welcome home than a desk not being prepared or a computer not being there. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's. That's really sad. Yeah. Well, I think there's some good questions about recruiting that kind of go along with what we were just talking about. Absolutely. Is that what you were prepping us for? Let's do it. Yeah. It was just like hardening your skin. So you leading us into this. Be tortured here. Um, Yeah. So every episode we get some write-ins from the audience and they're usually pretty um, interesting and they are only getting better. They've been like rolling up my sleeves. They're going to test your HR skills. I mean, they're lately the questions have been really intense, really multi-layered. Yes. So we'll we'll break them down as best as we possibly can. Yeah. But this is like a team effort, okay? okay. So <laughs> dun, the, dun, the bro. Dun. 
Okay. Um, so there was one that was somewhat related to recruiting here, and I think this would be a good one for Madison. So I'm a small business owner who also wears the hat of HR. I'm doing all the hirings for our business, and the last three people I have hired have not shown up on day one. That's oh, actually no. happening all, all the it's time. It's unbelievable to and me. I have a few ideas why, but um, they have been great in the interviews, real go-getters, which that's kind of hard to tell in an interview, yeah. but let's talk about that in a second. Then <laughs> not show up. Starting dates are communicated and accepted by both parties. I try to touch base right before they start. That's good. We have great benefits for a small business, have competitive pay for our industry and size of our business. Benefits start day one. That's oh, great. Wow. Yeah, that is yeah. good. Okay, now I'm confused. If you show up and we are still having issues with people, uh, I don't, I'm not sure what that means. I mean, but you mean what like we we're need? showing up as a business. Yeah, we're showing up. We're still but, having yeah. people. Mm -hmm. We're still having trouble. What do we need to be doing better? It has been pretty frustrating and exhausting. Please help. This, oh, is, a, this is from help. a business owner? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. You've seen this a little bit in some of the clients you've been working with, right? This, like, no show, no call, no show for job. I haven't experienced as much of it. So what is crazy is when you get down to, like, the last business day before a director is supposed to show up. A director mm. in, like healthcare this i'm thinking of one specific example um and calls you at like 4 p.m the friday before and says yeah i'm not going to do that I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that because of whether it's like a non-compete or non-solicitation mm -hmm. it's like well these are pretty standard terms yeah. for someone at your level now if it is a no-show like i had like a project coordinator a year ago not show up at a technology company and I'm tr and they like disappeared off the planet. Right, like ghosted. I even Didn't tried call. to track them down yeah. to like a friend of a friend on <laughs> okay. Facebook. And I hope they're okay. But same. But then she posted some things. Okay, so, so she's fine. Yeah, I was like, she's alive. Um, so that was good. But um, I wonder if it's something to do with like the person they're going to be working for, or is it the actual company? I mean, What's the vibe out there on the yeah. street as it relates to like, what does your glass door say about you? What is your indeed right. stars? Do you have bad reviews? I, I think too, it kind of depends. You know, we don't know that from the details in the question, but I would say to me, I'm curious what like job level we're hiring. Are these yeah. entry level hourly roles? Because that I see like, that's pretty common. Are they management roles? Are they more senior level? So I think depending on the role is probably where some of the diagnosis of problem comes in mm -hmm. um, because I could see it happening a little bit more entry level. I think what's more rare is that they just kind of no call, no show, right? Yeah, no so show. We, I had recently someone, yeah, in the, in the end, they didn't start, but they sent me an email, called me, gave me feedback, and they just accepted another offer in the meantime, and that's what's happening a lot. But that failure to even So actually, let's call. go back to that situation. I know what you're talking about. And uh, what I would say, I I'd be curious if this person, this small business owner, is waiting three, four, five weeks to start a new mm -hmm. hire. It really doesn't matter what level in the organization they are. If people are ready and raring to go and feeling mm -hmm. excited and like jazzed about this new job and then you're like, okay, well, you're taking a vacation in a month. Well, let's just start you after that vacation. No. Well, guess what? I've already got, like Madison said, three right. other people yeah. 
courting me and making me offers. And I'm going to take the one that's going to start me next week so that I can pay my family's bills mm-hmm. and right. feed my kids and get, yeah. I'm jazzed. I'm jazzed right now. I'm jazzed to start mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. Next I week, would say, weeks, right. Whatever. Like candidate start date. If, especially, I mean, I understand and can appreciate everyone wanting to give notice, but if they're available and currently not working, get them in there when they want to start. And right. if that means you know, you offered them job on Tuesday and they can start Monday. Like, go ahead, move. What What are we waiting for? Right. We knew we were hiring. I mean, I was offered the job at Nordstrom at 4 p.m. on Monday. And they said, hey, we have new hire orientation tomorrow morning starting at 9 a.m. Can you be here? <laughs> I didn't even live in the same town as where I was starting the, the, my first Nordstrom store. But you know what I said? Yes. Yes, I can be there. Because they were like, you know, the next new hire orientation isn't for three more weeks. And we don't want to wait that long. Yeah. Right. I was like, okay, I'll figure it out. Yeah, and neither did you. Packed up some stuff, got in my car, drove. I know there are circumstances in which an organization might need to run like a background check. And I know from experience currently that a lot of courthouses are COVID impacted. Like they're taking Mm. a long time to get some of those done. In which case, there's probably a waiver that you can sign. You can have somebody do that. I don't know that that's the case in this particular scenario. But (laughs) I will say, though, if if you do find yourself in that type of a situation, right, like let's say let's maybe see if we can get a waiver signed to, to start earlier. Or mm-hmm. if it's truly like, hey, you have to wait until this is done, make sure that you're doing regular check-ins. Are there other activities that this person can be involved in, such as maybe some team meetings? Or right. like, can you bring them into the office and do orientation? Just mm-hmm. just like to say like, hey, come in. Not informal. like Right. You know, but like, hey, let's just – here's some things that you could be a part of if you want to on a voluntarily basis. Like, let's just mm-hmm. – I don't know. Mm-hmm. Get creative. Yeah. But keep, the, keep these people engaged. Like, yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'm going to guess, I mean, more than likely, they accepted – what's happening here is probably they accepted another job. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I don't want to generalize any kind – you know, the market is changing, too, as we have new generations into the workforce. That professional maturity and acumen is a little oh, bit yeah. different. So I don't want to make assumptions. but. Yeah. We have to know that, too, as business owners and leaders, that we've got to flex our expectations, too, a little bit on some of that stuff and know that this may happen more often in the future. Um, But I think that the message here is if this person's listening, they probably need to call us, give us more information, and let us help them. (laughs) Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I think there's two things that if they were to call us that I would say, hey, let's take a look at these two things. The first thing that I would take a look at is no kidding – where are they finding these applicants, mm-hmm. yes. okay? How are they choosing the ones that they do choose to interview to interview? And then once they bring them in, what is the interview process? Who's say, meeting them? The are yeah. they only? Are they the only person, this office manager, are they the only person meeting the candidates? That's not good, probably. You probably want some team members, people that are going to work with the person to mm-hmm. also meet them. Um, and then also they said they're paying well. I got to believe they probably are because their benefits start day one. I think yeah. that's really good. That's great. That's great. Um, but, like, have you done the data digging? Do you actually know that you pay well? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's your employer brand online? It's going back to what's your reputation? Um, how are you managing your reputation? What are those campaigns that you've got going yeah. on on yeah. social media? Sure. Um, if the same person's in it, you know, are you a good picker, right? Maybe it's that business owner. Maybe maybe they're a, I like everyone. I say yes to everyone. And that happens. It's not a bad thing. It's no. just you can't be the one making all the hiring decisions right. if that's your personality. <laughs> you can meet them and tell them how great the company I is. I want to give everyone a job. That's great. You're no longer in charge of making our hiring decisions, right? Yes. Let yeah. somebody else do the choosing. 
Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You want to do another one? Sure. All right. Let's see. Let's give Amy like a really fun one. One of these. This, these okay, are, let's like, do really retail. Uh, let's oh, do okay, retail. Do okay, one. because Amy's background <laughs> is many years of retail. Okay, I started my first job after college last year in retail. Um, I worked at the Gap. That was my first job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the day Gap? I turned sixteen, I went and got a job believe. at the Gap. I used to work at Abercrombie. Oh, Abercrombie. Did you watch the net? Okay, we can't I get did. into that. I'm sorry. I we'll watched talk it for like offline. a second. I was yeah. like, I feel so lucky, but not so, so bad. No. You so smell bad. good. Terrible. Oh my gosh, that place smells good. They fixed a lot of that, but I hope so. I had a great onboarding experience. The first couple of months were great. Recently, I've noticed a bias. Our owner is male, and most of the employees are female. I've noticed he pays extra attention to certain staff members over others. Didn't. It did not bother me until I was denied PTO and two of the other ladies I work with just got back from a two-week vacation. I'm a good employee. I'm never late. I do my work and leave. I have a feeling it's because I never stick around to have small talk with the owner. I have no idea what to do, and we do not have an official HR department. Do I stay and address this, or do I quit? I have a career goal to work my way up in the retail industry. Any advice you can offer is wonderful. Thank you. I love the go-getter attitude. I know. Yeah. It's like, I have a goal. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, have that goal. If you're if you're listening, you should connect with me on LinkedIn, and I'll help you with your retail career. <laughs> and I also know a really great and probably better retailer that you can work for that has a yeah. store right up the road, a couple hours in Raleigh. Um, but, you know, it's hard. I firmly believe that in order to develop your professional skills and if you want to move on and be a leader and have a great career, you know, now is a great time to learn the competency of courage and having yes. a direct and a candid conversation. I always believe that it's better to speak up and do so in a professional way and see if those concerns get addressed and give a business yes. owner or a retail owner, whoever, the opportunity to address the problems. And then if you still don't see changes, then I think it's time to move on because they hate to tell you there's a lot of other retailers you could go work for. Yeah. So every retailer is looking for every help. single retailer <laughs> in America. Is every retailer. I can get the retailer it. you want to work for. Who do you want to work for? They've got a job for you. Yes. The only other thing that I would say it's a little bit of a different twist on this is it doesn't matter if you're in retail or any other industry. There is a level of like political savvy that goes mm -hmm. with moving your way up the chain. So if you have aspirations to become a leader in the retail industry, just like any other industry, you're going to have to like hobnob with some people that maybe you don't want to rub elbows with or spend a couple extra minutes having small talk with. But mm -hmm. if they like talking about Corvettes or if they like yeah. talking about fishing the Gulf Stream or if they like talking about musicals in New York City, sometimes you might have to go do a little research on fishing in the Gulf Stream yeah. Yeah. and <laughs> hang with the person for five or ten minutes. And you know what? Building that rapport can go a hell of a long way. Yeah. It's not like you're, you know, kissing their butts per se to like get ahead but at the same time you're making personal connections you're building rapport yeah you're building rapport one yeah. thing i have always been told since i was a kid is it's not what you know sometimes it's who you know mm -hmm. and that is never wrong more true i think as i yeah. grow in my career right it's not necessarily the job that i do every single day but i do a good job i do it's truly who you know and who can help mentor you and who right. can bring you into yeah. those circles or elevate you in the direction that you want to go mm -hmm. and if the people around you are not serving you in that way and not supporting yeah. you and and helping you grow and thrive it's time yeah. yeah it's time yeah and i think it's how you approach that conversation with that retail owner maybe the approach is i want to learn from you yeah. i want to understand mm -hmm. this business i want to do these things 
but I do notice that I'm, I'm treated a little bit differently and I want to know why, because I'd like to figure that out because I want to be successful here. So it's really like how you approach those conversations. Yeah. And if I was like to just play the owners, like I'm thinking about putting myself in his shoes and I'd be like, well, Amy, uh, you clock in and you clock out. You're out of here at 5 p.m. I never knew that from you yeah. because mm-hmm. um, you don't really stick around to talk to anybody. Right. So you're kind of to me, it seems like you're a clock puncher and mm-hmm. this is just mm-hmm. a job. Um, it's a it's an hourly job. You're in, you're out. I've never heard you tell me about your right. aspirations right. to be a retail juggernaut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tell me about that. Juggernaut. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what that is, but the word choice. <laughs> But yeah, so so I think ultimately, without knowing all the details of this one again, um, yeah, I think you have a conversation. I think you, I think don't just throw in the towel before you give things the opportunity to improve because it's really easy to do that. And I think a lot of people, that is what they do because they're afraid to have a conversation. But, you know. Now Especially if you like the clothes and you it. get a discount. Yeah, yeah that's fun. a good perk. It was worth it for a really long time. <laughs> but hey, listen, I think to the, you know, if it is, if it is, you do have that conversation. Don't be afraid to stand up for yourself either. Mm-hmm. You know, know your worth. Know your worth. Because like True that. Lisa and Amy yeah. both said, there are a lot of other retailers <laughs> yeah. out there that maybe will be able to take you to the next yeah. level yeah. if this organization's not. Right. Right. So... I'm all for having conversations and being transparent, being upfront, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. I feel like people don't do that enough. Yeah. But if you've already had that conversation and you, you don't see any change, yeah. then it's time to move on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thanks all to right. everybody who did write in. We only got to two questions, but we'll try to get to some others in future episodes. So thank you, everyone. Um, I want to thank Madison Bradburn yeah. for being thank here you today. Guys. This so fun awesome. to have you. This is really fun. Talking about recruiting. I can and, die happy now, you guys. Oh. <laughs> I've been Madison's on podcast. made it. <laughs> Come back anytime. Um, well, I'm Lisa Leith, and uh, I'll let Amy do the signing oh, off. Oh, me? All yeah. right. Well, connect with us on LinkedIn. You can find any of us out there posting constantly. Follow us at Leith HR on LinkedIn. Follow us on Instagram uh, uh, at Leith HR. And, you know, Come follow us over on YouTube. You can watch this. You can listen to it anywhere where you get your podcasts and click that bell on YouTube. Click that follow button. You get notified each week as new episodes air. And yeah, that's That's my girl. That's what I got. (laughs) That's what I got. Yeah. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you.